All right, so guys, you know that we had Damari Gold here on Somewhere in the Middle just a little while ago, but she has so much valuable information to share. I really wanted to get her back and she was willing to come back and share some of her knowledge and experience about preparing for tax season. I know it seems really early, but if we wait until the end of the year, it's just plain too late. Damari, tell the people why that is. Yes. So one common misconception and what I call them as tax myths, right, is that if you wait till the following year or you just kind of let things happen, maybe you can make adjustments at a later time. Well, guess what happens when the year closes? There is no adjustments. The year has closed and there is really not much you can prepare for. There's very little wiggle room, I should say, for any changes that can be made prior to the year closing. Now, what type of changes are we thinking about, right? Because most of the time people don't think that, hey, I can make a change in my financial picture before the year ends so that I either don't owe or maybe I close that liability gap so that I don't have such a huge bill or a surprise. Well, surprisingly enough, you can tax plan before the year closes. We can actually make estimates and we can actually get information to make sure that you no longer either owe or close that tax liability gap for you. And that can be done with traditional tax planning. And what that is, is if let's say you work a nine to five job, then we can take a look at your paycheck stubs to see where you are currently and to ensure that you're paying enough based on your, let's say, prior year's tax return or your wages and the tax bracket that you're in. So we can actually do a calculation based on how much income you've already gotten paid and how much federal withholdings you have. So that's one way. Another way is business owners. Um, when you're first starting out, another common misconception is that if I have a loss, I'm not going to claim it. Or let's say I started a side hustle, right? Mm -hmm. And in our mind, we're not considering it a business, but if you're already investing into this side hustle, you have to take the deduction in the year that it occurred. So you can't go back and you can't go forward. So if you're investing heavily in your business or in making this side hustle a business, mm -hmm. then you want to take the deduction in the year that it occurred. And guess what? A loss will actually help your nine to five situation because it counters some of the income that you've earned from your nine to five job. So if you are in a side hustle and even if you have a loss or especially if you're making money, mm -hmm. we really need to track what is going on in this business or in this side hustle or whichever, whatever stage you're in, in a business in order to determine whether or not you're going to owe. I don't know about you, but I don't like surprises. So. <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, I can do anything with planning. Yes, exactly. And that's just, I mean, it might be my characteristic or something. I just don't like surprises. I like to know. I kind of like to prepare ahead of time, right? And that's what I say. I mean, if you like surprises and you like to live, you know, life by the edge of your seat and not know whether you're going to have a huge tax bill, then okay. But I don't like surprises. I like to kind of get myself prepared. Mm -hmm. And if you're at a point in your business, because we saw a lot of transitions right in 2020. And I think now in 2021, that it's like, 
hey, maybe you did have a good year or you're having a good 2021. Don't you think you want to prepare and not just guess that you owe a certain amount and then be surprised when you're like, oh, crap, I didn't, you know, like I owe a lot more. Here's another thing is that let's say you have made a significant amount of profit and we realize that now we realize that in September, October, November. There's ways that you can make changes and shifts to determine whether you're missing something or if you should invest in something. Mm -hmm. So one of like a tax plan that's very common or common information, but people might forget or not know is purchasing vehicles before the end of the year. A lot of business owners do this because they get to take the depreciation, the bigger of the depreciation, which is could be up to $18,000 in depreciation expense. And that goes against income directly, right? It does. Yes. And so it's like, if you have a significant amount of income and you need to know how to diversify what a great way to do that before the year ends so you can start making decisions. Let's say you've been thinking about getting a new car or a fleet truck or something for your business. Okay, well, this is the time to think about that so that now you can expense something and reduce your net profit, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly is, do you want to consider contributing to a retirement account? What is that going to look like for you? How much can you actually contribute? And with retirement accounts, especially if you're self-employed, you have until the following year, the year can close and you have until the following year. But do you want to pay these two hefty things at the same time, you know, so you can start kind of planning out or start contributing at an earlier time. Then one of my favorite ones is employing your children. And that's something that does require a bit more planning and your tax accountant needs to know your situation and how to plan for it correctly. Mm -hmm. When doing that, you have to put them on payroll. So you can't just pay them before, you know, the year ends and help yourself. You have to put them on payroll. So by doing so, you can save yourself, depending on how many kids you have, about $12,000 for each kid right? Yeah. So you can expense that. And so these are different small adjustments, small and big adjustments we can make before the end of the year to determine, okay, do you need to pay? How much do you need to pay? Can we save you some more money? Or, you know, are we pretty much sure that this is the way it's going to go until the end of the year and you don't have a surprise bill and you can start making estimated tax payments? Well, and some people might be thinking, employ my children. What, what can my seven-year-old do? And now I would say back in the days where we actually mailed things, well, even a seven-year-old can stamp envelopes mm-hmm. for you. But these days, the kids are so tech savvy. They are. Teenagers, there's a lot they can do to help you, right? A lot. And actually, you know, that, that does get asked of me quite often because I have an 11-year-old and a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, what can they possibly do? Well, guess what? If you do any type of social media marketing or anything that can involve them helping you, it's it's you teaching them about your business, which mm-hmm. number one is good for any child to really start learning about what you're doing in your business and giving them right those skills that are outside of just academic. Um, and second is you can include them in your videos. I include mine in my videos. They can get paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's talent. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they have to be a part of the family business. So if you have them do errands for you, or if you have them, like you said, you know, mail envelopes or help them prepare stuff. I mean, people, some people still mail stuff, but like, let's say if you're a, um, what's it called? Like e-commerce or something like that. Like you sell things online. I mean, this is a great way for your kids to help you sort things out, right? Or put things in alphabetical order, clean things up. So you can find different jobs. I always say the way you manage them is up to you. Yeah. <laughs> I fire mine every other day. But, <laughs> if, <laughs> but you can definitely create a, like a little job roadmap to give them something to do to help you with your business. And like you said, that's really valuable for the kids too. Number one, it teaches them you don't have to rely on a nine to five necessarily. If that's the route they want to take, mm -hmm. that's great. But they know there's an option out there. Yes, yes. That they have that creative entrepreneurial spirit that they don't have to be locked into nine to five. But also, like you said, just understanding the family business, because mm -hmm. hopefully you are creating a legacy for those kids that's so that when right. you're gone, they and their children can benefit from it and can continue that legacy. That's right. I don't think you want to necessarily say that you're leaving them a side hustle, right? I'm thinking that you're wanting to leave them an actual business. So, or if they, if that's what they choose, right? But they can right. learn a lot of things from what you're doing from the business as aspect of things. Like I have receipts, you can have them sort out receipts or, mm -hmm. you know, scan receipts. That's another thing because- yeah. Hey, documentation is very important. Um, yeah. So those are just, just small things you can teach your kids. And yes, you're right. Kids are so tech savvy now that like they could probably show you a thing or two about TikTok and Definitely. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you want to start getting onto the social media where they Exactly, are. yeah. <laughs> they could be your camera guys or camera ladies. <laughs> I've had, I have had them do that in the past too. Manage my, manage my cameras for me. Yes. <laughs> running a podcast, they could be your producer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Learn and how to clip. Yeah. Learn how to clip shows and things like that. It's great stuff. It's great um, practical skills to teach kids right now. You know, like, I mean, yeah. they're going to, they're going to walk out of there with great experience knowing how to do certain things in life. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if there's one who likes to code, which I tried so hard to get my son to want to code. Get one who wants to code. I, might be <laughs> I was trying to get my son fight for you. They might be yeah. able to create an app for you. There are all kinds of stuff. Just check exactly. their interests, see what they see what they like, and how you can pair that up. Yes, so exactly. If you had one piece of advice for um, a side hustler or a, a starting out business person in terms of accounting, what should mm -hmm. they know about their accounting to help them prepare for the tax year? One, you know, I'm going to say it's one thing, but not really. I always give about like three, but I'll, I'll kind of put it all together. Normally, when you start a side hustle or when you start something on the side, a lot of what happens is we mix our personal with business. Mm -hmm. And not that you can't, humble beginnings is always you start things with your personal credit, with your invested money, with your money, right? Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And you can do that. But what happens is that we lose track of how much money we're actually investing in our side hustle, in our business. So a good rule of thumb is either open a separate personal checking account. Like it doesn't have to be a business checking account, but just try to separate one account, whether it be a credit card and it doesn't matter if it's personal, 
a checking account, something where you can keep track of how much you're investing in your side hustle, how much you're investing in your business, because you don't want to miss on the potential deductions you can take. Yeah. Trust me, it happens all the time. I have a client, watch, and, and this is my client, and I give them a business expense worksheet and I have them fill it out. And I was doing her tax return and I'm big on um, Instagram and social media and all this stuff, right? So I have a lot of my clients there were friends and I'm doing her tax return. And I, and I said, Hey, you know, I could have sworn, didn't you do some improvements to your salon? I could have sworn that you had posted something about like, you made this change. And I don't, I don't see like a big expense here for that. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't include it. I'm like, no, you didn't. And it was like $15,000. Wow. Yes. $15,000. And, and mind you, I teach this all the time. And I tell her all the time, like you need to have like proper books. And I get it when you're first starting out, maybe bookkeeping doesn't seem as appealing. That's why I say, okay, at least keep a separate checking account, because right. if you need to go back through the statements, at least you can remember what you did guys. We can't remember what we did last week. Stop trying to piece together a year's worth of expenses. And so, yeah. And I was like, girl, really? I'm like, if I wouldn't have seen your story or if I wouldn't like, I wouldn't know that you did that. Right. So it's like, you have to, you have to, you have to keep records, keep receipts, keep, you know, I know sometimes people are like, do I really have to keep all the receipts? Just trust me, just keep them. Mm-hmm. scan them and but try to do your best to keep something separate so you don't miss out on expenses or at the very least the, let me ask you actually mm-hmm. your bank records now will say where you spent the money you went to home depot you went to you know the office depot whatever is does that work as far as records so yeah that's a that's a common misconception a common myth actually it's not enough not always so mm-hmm. keeping receipts is very important and here's why so let's say you buy things at home depot right mm-hmm. if the irs doesn't know you could buy stuff at home depot for your house okay. like there's no way to determine that you did it for your office or for wherever you right so right. So this is why we have to keep records so that you can write on the receipt, like what it was for, if you were fixing something, if you're repair. Now, the better you get about record keeping, yes, a bank statement will show that you went to these places, but let's say Best Buy, right? A lot of us have to buy, let's say computer or software or something from Best Buy equipment. Well, again, you can also buy yourself a big screen TV from Best Buy. And so the IRS has to see the receipt in order to determine that the purchase is in fact a business deduction. So as much as they would accept a statement, they could say there's not enough proof to show that this expense was actually a business expense. Now there's certain places that are obvious, right? Like Office Depot or something like that, Mm -hmm. but some places that are not. And so what about businesses that are just online? Like, for example, different social media things that you do, Mm -hmm. Um, websites like Canva and things like that. You're not actually going to get a receipt per se. That's right. With something like that, it's an email. It's not 
it's not yeah with something like that you can actually save the email or you can always go into canva and get the history of your billing but with with canva or softwares it's it's uh it's so specific that there's really no way to hide it kind of thing so they could look up canva and know that it's a software type uh service right so software things like that like let's say gas gas station software mm -hmm. your telephone bill right there's not really a lot of wiggle room but i will say i have had um i had one of my clients have they had an audit mm -hmm. and they wanted the telephone billing they wanted the telephone billing to ensure that the billing or the what they were paying was only for her side of the bill that we didn't oh. include like the partner, um, the family plan, right. like it wasn't a family plan. So see what I mean? So right. sometimes they can be okay, depending on what type of, <laughs> depending on what type of auditor you get. Sometimes right. they're not going to make a big deal, but other times they're going to be like, well, no, we want to see, because guess what? They could throw it out. And, right. And then now you owe money. Right. So this is why I say documentation, keep receipts, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to overwhelm you with how many receipts you need to keep, but keep the ones that are like the most important that can be either or that can be seen as something other than business. And then the most important rule then is also to just use a separate business or a separate personal account. So yes, to track that stuff down. And here's another thing to kind of let you know, it's here's a little, little tidbit. You don't want to give the IRS more than what they're asking for. So if you have all of your business stuff or all of your side hustle stuff in your personal checking account and you decide to send them a bank statement, well, guess what? They have free range now. They can view everything. Wow. Right? Because you're providing them with everything. Right. Now, if you were to keep a separate account and you base all of your business expenses from that separate account, you can send them that statement because guess what? That's all they get to see. There, right. you're saying I spent $500 on this particular expense. Here's my statement and here are my receipts. Guess what? No questions. Okay. Got it. Got right? it. So we want to be like, bam, like, what do you have to say now? Yeah, <laughs> kind <of thing>. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I got my savings. I got my receipts. What are you going to say? Nothing. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. awesome. So, and that means also whenever possible, if the store offers you the option to um, email your receipt or text your receipt, take that option. Do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because a lot of times, like I keep, um, I don't know if your viewers are going to see this, but I have like a small little three ring binder and it has mm -hmm. these pocket things. And I just oh, wow. Receipts in there. And then I have like, I'll go through them and write on them just so that I know what exactly I did or mm -hmm. especially like for meals and things. And then I just have my assistant scan them. So okay. it's just do it, you know, get in the habit of it. I, I say once a week or once every two weeks is a good habit to have. Um, just because obviously the more you gather, the lazier you're going to get about procrastinating about right, doing it. Exactly. And it, and if you don't remember what you did, especially when it comes to meals, because on meals, here's another tidbit on meals, the only meal that's tax deductible is if you go to meet with a vendor, a client, potential client, potential like staff or, or a staff meeting. Mm. So those are the only meals that are that are tax deductible mm -hmm. for business. 
So you can't just like go and decide to eat lunch somewhere and that's not tax deductible. So you have to have a meeting. Now, again, in that meeting or in that meal, you have to write on the receipt who you met with and what you spoke about. A lot of people don't know that. So one common misconception is that people will have like a huge like meals expense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, like that'll get you in trouble because it's like, if it doesn't make sense for your industry, why would you have such a huge amount of meals? Right. And again, not keeping records. Mm -hmm. Another big expense that people don't keep record of miles, tracking your miles. If you're traveling a lot, you need to track your miles and it can't just be like, I went from here to the office, here to the office, because that, according to the IRS, is commuting. So if you have a home office and you have an outside office or you're meeting a client or you're dropping off goods or you're picking up goods or you're having a purchase around town or visit clients around town, those meals are tax. I mean, those miles are tax deductible if you don't have a corporation. So how can you track your miles? If you don't have, let's say you don't have a fancy car, because sometimes the cars can get mm-hmm. those types of things. Get yourself a, an app called Mile IQ. I love Mile IQ. There you go. And guess what? Swipe right and left to tell it yeah. if it's business or personal. Yeah. Business or personal. And there you go. Now you have record of your miles because it actually has a map and it actually has all of the documentation that you need. But again, people get lazy. They don't keep track and then that's when they get in trouble because they mark way too many miles and they can't prove it. And don't do like I did upgrade your phone and forget to reestablish your apps. <laughs> yes. There's some apps you don't even think about them because they're running oh, yeah. in the background or uh-huh. you just turn them off periodically. And then you forget to, t- I, I went into my phone the other day and said, Oh crap. Yola. I forgot. <laughs> the mile IQ. Yeah. To read down uh, to redo it. Yeah. that sort of thing. Fortunately, I'm, I'm at home these days in the home office most of the time. So not moving around. <laughs> so not doing too much. <laughs> but now what about if they're doing things like relocating? Moving. Mm-hmm. Does any of that count because they have a home-based business? Does any of that, is any of that deductible? Not, unfortunately, no. I mean, you can, you can, Okay. So there's a, there's two different, like about a moving expense. Mm -hmm. So basically if you're moving for a job or something like that, whatever doesn't get like whatever they didn't cover, you can put it as an like itemized deduction, those kind of moving expenses, but they're very limited to like travel overnight stay, things like that. Not Mm -hmm. really necessarily have to do with like your packing equipment and things. So like the relocation can be expensed. But for business purposes, not depending on what type of business you have, like as a sole proprietor, you really wouldn't have like too much of a benefit as far as like you're having to relocate because that's more of a choice, not necessarily unless it's for business purposes that you were traveling. Maybe you could take the deduction as travel, like the overnight meals and staying overnight in places, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as like taking a full, full-blown deduction for everything you spent. What about, you mentioned scanning receipts. What yes. tools do you recommend? Normally what I do is I say, you know, whatever makes it easier. So if you have a Dropbox, a Google Drive or something like that, take pictures and save it onto your 
Google Drive or Dropbox. Um, I use QuickBooks Online. So if you do have QuickBooks Online and you have the app, the app actually has a receipts um, snippet folder oh. that you can, yeah, that you can scan items in there. And that's where I keep most of my receipts. Mm -hmm. But um, but as a backup, you can always have them on a Google Drive, Dropbox or anything like that. And it's just easy to take a picture and save it. Right. Okay, cool. So, yeah, but take a, a picture of the whole item so that it's you can it's visible so it doesn't look like, it, you know, any part of it's missing. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Well, any last things that you want to share with the audience? Like, first of all, you can help people who are not just in California, right? You can help. That's right. Yes. Yes, I can. Uh huh. So federally get in touch with you. OK, um, you can get in touch with us at info at T is in Tom, G is in good, S is in Sam, accounting.com, um, info at tgsaccounting.com. Um, our website is TGS Accounting. We're the gold standard accounting. Um, and so, yeah, people can get in touch with us. Federally, all the laws are the same. So by state is what changes. And we just brush up on your particular state if we don't already have clients in that particular state. Awesome. Damari, thank you so much for having this extra time Thanks. with us and sharing your knowledge. Yes, of course. You're very welcome. And when I make my way out to California again, we are going to grab some coffee. Yes, yes. Come visit me over there at the beach. <laughs> I am looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you.